What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Around the ACL. It's Michelle Thompson here with Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione. We are coming off our Thanksgiving uh, break. How was your Thanksgiving, Trey? Uh, Thanksgiving was good. Um, actually, just the wife and I didn't do. We didn't. We didn't have a. You know, her family has kind of, has. She's got like half siblings, and the half that she's not related to, like. They, they went and spent it with their grandmother, who's probably not got a lot of years left. And so mm-hmm. her immediate family didn't have really anything to do. And then my dad went up north to visit my extended family. So, like, we were like, well, what do we do? So we just did. You're abandoned. Uh, yeah, we just did a couple of days, the two of us in Atlanta. Um, it was relaxing. It was not stressful. It was very un-holiday around family-like. So it was it was a good time. Did you get turkey and stuffing and all the stuff? Yeah. So again, I kind of had best of both worlds. So we went to a steakhouse that was running because my wife does not like Thanksgiving food. Like mm-hmm. turkey, forget it. She really she could turkey stuffing, none of that. Like, no. I, on the other hand, love Thanksgiving. Food. Heck yeah. Like, I'm, I mean, I love all the different things. So they went to a steakhouse that was running a turkey dinner special. So she got a steak and I got a turkey dinner. And it was, it was the best of both worlds. There you go. That'll work. How about you, Anthony? Yeah, we got some family time in. So my ex, my ex pro, when, when I was, when I was doing the pro thing, my partner, Bob Bronson, known as uncle Bob to, uh, to a lot of the pros. Um, so that's my side of the family, uh, that we, that we do most holidays. There's no other side of the family for me. It's just mom's side of the family, uncle Bob side of the family. So we're a big group. We're about 50 plus that pile into, uh, my aunt's house on Thanksgiving. And then everyone comes over my house for Christmas. So it's the same crew, uh thanksgiving and christmas so we yeah we we got fat we we ate and drank so it was it was good and then it rolled into friday you know with leftovers and then a little lunch on saturday so i'm done i think i'm over my turkey stuffing gravy thing for a minute for sure for the year yeah. <laughs> usually yes. yeah i was gonna ask anthony how his thousand person thanksgiving went because yes. exactly yeah it's a big crew it's a fun crew well you just, michelle what'd you do Mine's low key. We just go to my Nick's parents' house. My family's in Southern California, so we spend it here. And uh, it's very low key. Watch football, eat some food, hang out with the fam. And uh, the fun part, though, is our other tradition is we go up to the mountains and cu- cut down our Christmas tree every year. Uh, um, yeah, so that was super fun. There was a lot of snow. I was just going to say, yeah. did you get snow where you were? Because that was confusing me. Because I was like, there was a lot of snow on the ground. But now it makes sense well, that you went. Yeah, and you have to remember, so Paradise, where I used to live, it's at about 1,700 elevation. So we would get like a dusting in the winter, uh, not much. But you just go up the mountain just about an hour, and you're in you're in full-on snow. So it's not far. Okay. Yeah. I'm in like a valley, right? So the mountains are right there. I used to live in the mountains. Obviously, they all burnt. Uh, so I was pushed here to the valley. and uh, But yeah, the snow is not far at all. So it's nice. The coast, however, is very far. Unfortunately, (laughs) but I could live in the mountains. I love the mountains, but um, yeah, yeah. Yep. But we are going to be heading to the coast for Virginia Beach for our next open at the Virginia Beach Fieldhouse. Um, This is going to be uh, it's on pace to be the biggest ACL open ever. We have 384 teams signed up for rounders. That is uh, that's a bit. 
we've seen some interesting partnering. We've seen some interesting names. <laughs> so I, I'm curious to um, know who Fuzzy Fox is personally. So whoever you are, I got to know. <laughs> what is that? We're on, we're on radar. A minute, a minute into the segment, Fuzzy Fox already got a shout out. It has to. <laughs> it has to. We've seen some crazy things. We've seen costumes. I saw the guy dressed up as Pikachu, whatever I bet that was. I mean, we've seen some crazy stuff, but I got to know who this person is and are they going to dress up? But, Trey, <laughs> what are your what are your thoughts going into this open? Yeah, so this for me is great timing, right? And this is going to be the most important open that we see so far. That's that's kind of the headline for me. You're going to have the best players in the world, the deepest the deepest open we maybe ever had, but regardless one of the deepest we've ever had, if not the. Um, we're right up against the beginning of the shootout series that's happening the week of Myrtle Beach, as well as the team's draft. So all these different captains of teams, they're trying to figure out, they're putting their draft order together, they're putting all their 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 desired picks together. I am I'm really excited for this weekend to really see who stands out, who makes a run, right? Who is... Who is playing at a high level and who can win this entire thing in singles and doubles? Because to me, those are the players they're going to execute and, and be the ones that should be favorites as we look forward to the start of the pro season coming up just at the end of December. So um, just really fired up for that. Um, individuals and teams goes, there's there's plenty to look at, right? Um some players that are teaming up with their normal partners and some that aren't as far as on the double side. Some players that have had good runs, some players that haven't had good runs yet. There's a lot of things for a lot of people to watch, right? Um, I see Jordan Power and Devin Harbaugh on that list, right? Jordan Power coming off of a world championship, and you heard me say recently, I think Devin Harbaugh is one of the best players in the world right now. I had him high in my singles power rankings, right? I'm expecting a high-level uh, out of Devin Harbaugh uh, this 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 weekend, and he's playing in arguably now his new er uh, home region, right? I know he's moved from Pennsylvania to Virginia, but regardless, I think you know he, he's going to be someone that I'm looking out for. Him playing with Jordan Power, that's going to be a fiery team. I don't know if you remember this, um, but go back to the shootout number six in Lakeland, Florida. Jordan Power was playing against diagonally Devin Harbaugh, right? And Devin Harbaugh was playing with Matthew Creekiller. Jordan Power starts mouthing a little bit. Devin Harbaugh. Oh, yes. I do a remember. Bit. They yeah. went back and forth on opposite teams, right? Now they're pairing up together. So I really think this is going to be a team that's going to be fun and bring some energy. And that's uh, a bit out of character for Harbaugh. So it was nice to right. see him kind of – you know, do you say, okay, power's in his head, he drew him in, or you're like, okay, we see another side of Harbaugh we haven't seen before. I like this. Yeah, 100%. So uh, excited to watch them. The two most recent pro singles world champions will be teaming up, Trey Birchfield and Mark Richards, a 21, 2021 champion, a 2022 champion. Obviously, the sky is the limit for that team, right? I mean – it's it's it feels like a win or a win or you're upset type of mentality there if you're Birchfield and Richards. So um, just excited to see how they continue that. Let's see if Mark Richards can turn it back on, maybe get a singles win as we go into this new season, right? Because we remember how dominant he was when it came to these pro events, these stacked pro fields. So now that we're in a similar type of field of a really stacked lineup, let's see if he can execute. 
And Trey, this might be about the time last year where Richard started to pop off. Because I don't feel like he came out of the gate. I feel like it was right around open maybe four, five, six, where he had his first big showing. And then we were like, okay. And then he just kept rolling, you know, single, single, single. So uh, this is about the time last year I think he popped off. Yeah, hundred percent. This was it was in the January time frame. We're getting into December. I mean, it's it's this middle part of the year, so we'll see if he's got it figured out by now. Um, Fisher, Hamilton, and Eric Davis. I don't know if if uh, Michelle will be rooting for a team more than than Fisher, Hamilton, and Eric Davis. But this it. another another kind of fun team to watch. They're going to be they're going to be slinging it. They're going to have some shots. I mean, that's that's a team that's going to be deadly, right? Um, talk about a shot making team. I wouldn't want to mess with them. Right. So right. Um, really pumped to see Fisher Hamilton in kind of a pro field again. He won an open last year. Let's see if he can live up to that, that this, this hype that's come with him this rookie season. I wonder which way they go on bags. I mean, if you put a BG style bag, smaller template round fill, you get a little bit more pop out of the, out of the rolls. I feel like Eric Davis could be just a little extra nasty with a BG style bag in his hand. So I wonder if they go that way or if they go fire. He has, I would, been, I would, I've seen him. I've seen him throw BGs. He throws them well. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. I would be surprised if they don't go BG. If they went fire, I think I'd be surprised. I'd be okay. surprised. So. Yeah, me too. Last one, uh, Alec Ryan and Caden Allen, right? I'll, I'll get on my soapbox again that I think uh, Caden Allen making a mistake not signing his PDC contract, but at the same time, he's one of those players that has a potential to be a top 10, top 15 player could, I mean, shoot, the way he played at the first open, top five player, right, or a second open or whatever he won. He won a, won a bunch of stuff, right? So, um, again, a lot of times we see this from certain non-professionals where they have, a, they have a stretch of time where they're unbeatable. And you say to yourself, that guy will never lose. It's about sustaining that. Like the last one we saw, I mean, we saw that from Fisher Hamilton. There was this period last year where, like, Fisher Hamilton may never lose. This kid's unbelievable. He's a rookie and he's an amateur, right? But then when we got into this new season, it was like he's still really good, but he he hasn't gotten back to that unbeatable level that we saw at that one open. Yeah, I just want to see if, if Caden Allen is continuing that streak or do we see a little bit of a drop-off here. But playing with Alec Ryan, you know, that's someone who has now seen sustained success at a really high level. And I think um, they have an opportunity to be a really, really tough team to go through. And I think they have, may have the potential to, to, to possibly win the whole thing in doubles. And that's saying something considering the level of talent that's out there with a lot of these top players. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a big, big weekend. Um, and uh, I think whoever is poised to win this one has an opportunity to be poised to win some big ones. And I, last thing I'll bring up, I would be doing a disservice if I didn't bring up the legendary match that we had at the Virginia Beach Open last season. Oh, between yeah. Between Matt Guy and Alex Hicks, right? I mean, I think all of us can agree if we get that level of, of legend, legendary play, that was the game of the year at the Stevies. That was voted game of the year. If we get another one of those, I think everybody's going to be pretty happy. That was yeah, they, <clears throat> that was something to yeah, watch, for sure. Yeah, that game was epic. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good match to bring up. That game was epic. I, I actually started to break that match down frame by frame every single bag. I put up no joke. I put about six hours into it when I had a, I missed a flight coming back from Miami last year. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to dig into this thing. I had like a four hour layover 
went round by round. I got to about round 35, calculating every single bag, every airmail, every roll. And I was going to drop some type of a, like a, a video on cornhole science to really break down this epic match. Del like my file deleted, like at the airport, I was about six hours in and I'm like, Oh my gosh, gone. Like, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden my computer kind of tweaked out, could never find the file again. So I really wanted to see how that broke down with the two different contrasting styles. So I was like, I'm not going to try that again, <laughs> but, um, Hey Trey, just real quick on the, the size of this thing. I'm looking at this thing. It looks like in the notes here, 380 something doubles teams. How does that compare size wise to some of the opens we see, uh, just in general, is that a large open? Yeah, no, it'll be the largest. It'll be the largest open. Assuming everybody that shows up shows up, it would be the largest open. We've had um, a similar one sell out originally, I believe, at 384, but I don't think everybody showed up. So it has the potential to be the okay. biggest open that we've ever had. So 384 is, is the cap, just how it fits into Yeah, brackets. it was sold out. They, they sold it out okay. based on the space that they had. You know, they, they, Josh, Josh Keck is like 384 is your max. Okay. Teams. So that's, you know, 700, almost 800 players. Correct. That. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. This will push, amazing. it'll push 800 unique. All right. I'm just going to go through this live. I'm kind of looking at this one live. We were looking at it live right before we came on. Um, just kind of talk through a couple of these. Um, I see uh rendered in, in Jackwis in here. Have you ever seen Mike Jackwis's throw? It is very <laughs> unique. He only pinches with his thumb and his middle finger. None of the other fingers touch the bag. So he's an OG player, really good bagger, somehow successful pitching the bag with two fingers. It blows my mind. I saw them in the list there. Uh, you mentioned Hamilton and Davis. <clears throat> Definitely uh, the BG style bag. Probably staying away from the Wizard just because probably a little bit too fast, a little bit more of a slinky bag that Davis would like. So I, I could see them in a, in a Viking if they did. That would be good. Um, Hunter Thorne and Duncan Clemmer in this one. I found that one interesting, or I'm finding that one interesting because you've got Clemmer and Almanza who are a new, new partners this year. I mean, when we're seeing teams do this, especially when they don't have maybe any experience yet together, what is that saying to us? Is that saying that, Hey, chemistry is not that important. Like we're good baggers and we're going to get up, get up there and do our own thing. Or what are your thoughts on that? Mish? I mean, I think what a great opportunity for these new partnership, this new partnership to, to play in an open. Why would they choose not to? Yeah, I think they're underestimating the power of, of energy and chemistry. I think that that's maybe over. Like, yes, you can have two really good baggers on the opposite side of the boards and you hope that's enough. But there's all this, there's the cornhole gods and there's energy and all this, all this stuff we can't really account for that I would think miles together would be very important. Yeah, I did well, ask because he had. Go ahead. Because he had no. Uh, the funny thing is, they flip flop both partners. It's yes. Like, I mean, they're they're playing with now. I don't think it's as big of a deal for No Wooten and Hunter Thorne because they already have chemistry in my yes. mind. And on top of that, they played together at Opens already this season. I agree with you. The bigger question mark is why aren't Duncan Clemmer and Noah Almanza taking this opportunity to play together? Yeah, it blows my mind. I did ask Hunter before the California Open because he chose not to play with Noah in that one. And his answer was, hey, I, there's some other players that I just enjoy playing with. And if I said I'd want to try and play in an Open with you at some point. So he's like, I'm going to take advantage of that. But to your point, him and Noah, you know, they already have that chemistry uh, off the board. Right. You know, yeah, even outside of formal tournaments, they play so much together. So, but the the Clemmer 
Almanza one is actually pretty surprising to me. Uh, yeah, just cruising through these the season. Yeah, we came into the season. No Wooten and Hunter Thorne. The last thing we were saying was they don't have team chemistry. We we're saying they're going to have exceptional yeah. team chemistry. We just don't know how to what level Hunter Thorne would play. So yeah, anyway. I would like to see those guys team up just to see what they could do. Uh, that's uh, Clemmer and Almanza. See what they got coming in. Um, Tyler Cobb and Derek King. I'm seeing this one as I scroll through. That's different. Tyler Cobb's committed partner is uh, Kobe Costanza. That's an interesting pickup. Um, Derek King coming in, playing with Cobb. Um, I see, uh, let's see, Stickney. He's a young, uh, I remember him from the USA Cornhole. Um, he was a young player who stood out. He's going to be playing with Ashton Spees. That could be a fun one to see if they, you know, can make a run at a, an unexpected run, kind of a dark horse team there. Jeremy Shermerhorn and Joe Neistead. Um, So we're not looking at them anymore as are they going to be a top team in this league, but how deep can they go? How high in the ranks could they go? Um, so I'd be interested to see what they do in this open, a big open, like you said, stacked. So what do Shermerhorn and Neistead look like in that? Definitely going to be following those boys as we go through there. I uh, got the Hunt brothers in there. I still don't know how they fit yet into the rankings individually. They're good players. I mean, I would say they're probably that 25 to 45 rank. What do they look like as a new partnership and Bobby Hunt coming into the league? Um, so I'm going to be keeping an eye out for them as well. Um, Berkeley pair and Trevor Brooks. Hey, <laughs> um, you mentioned team chemistry. They have all the team chemistry in the world. They're not committed partners, um, but really interested in, uh, in uh, what those guys can do. And uh, Trevor actually hit me earlier in the week. I'm going to save it for my hot take, um, but that's going to be an inter interesting one. I'm going to follow there. Hunter and Poitras. So I wasn't sure if we had seen them yet this season. Um, I don't know if you guys recall they were both in open one individually. Um, I just don't remember if they were partners in open number one. So, hey, what are we going to get out of them? You know, they're they're another power team coming out of team fire, um, a co-ed team. I, I love to see those types of teams succeed, you know, going uh, co-ed in the main in the main tournament in the doubles uh, format. So what are we going to get out of them? And what do you think about that one, uh, Mish? What do you think about Hunter and Poitras? I, I know. I, I can't remember if they played in at all either i actually asked you that like have we seen them play together i think they'll be yeah. a great team but i just wish that i could say that i've seen them and if they did play and we all forgot that is not a good sign <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and I, I think i think that one more importantly in that one is going to be on the single side um what does tyler poitras look like you talked about the draft this is going to be a good look at where does tyler poitras go in the draft as a standalone singles player you know we're looking at the the best available picks he doesn't have a rank from last season. He wasn't a pro last season. So now where does he fit in? Um, so some success here could move him up potentially to a first round draft. So that's going to be uh, more of a look is what he does in singles. Humans and Malone, um, you know, expect them to go deep. I, I think they might be a sneaky top 15, top 10 team this season. Um, we're, we're curious to see what they see more in doubles than, than alone in singles. Um, Dingus and Lucas Jr. in the field. We got Halbert and Zockline in the field. Haven't had a much of Halbert yet this season, or Zockline for that matter. So curious to see what those boys do in doubles and singles. We're going to have Baldwin, and the ro roster says Renner. Um, so we got Cheyenne Buben Bubenheim in here with uh, with Baldwin. Um, again, see what they do as a, a second-year team. 
Erwan and Seals. Okay, there's that one on the list. We got this new doubles team coming in, uh, Team Ultra, both moving, or Erwan, for that matter, moving over to Ultra. Um, she's been breaking in those bags. She's liking them, so be curious to see what she does in singles as well as a doubles team. Um, Trey, what do you think about Erwan Seals just in the overall field? Um, you know, what do you think? More of like a top 30 team, top 40 for those two? <laughs> Danny, I cannot predict Danny Seals. Yes. Like, I don't know what, I mean, Erwan has shown that she's going to be, she'll have flashes of actually competing at a really, really high level. I just, look, if I was a sports better, I wouldn't ever bet a game for or against Danny Seals because I just I have no idea what I'm ever going to get. Sometimes he'll make a broadcast, and sometimes you just don't even I don't know. It's it's tough. You can't watch Danny Seals either because when you watch him, it's like that bag is so ugly. Like that yes. this shouldn't work. But Wait, it's in the hole. It, it went in the does. hole. <laughs> it's just crazy. Hey, the last one, Misha, I see we're running low on time. I did want to mention this one only because I recently got a peek at this player. Um, I've heard the name kind of circulating a little bit, but saw a match between this guy and Trey Birchfield over the weekend, and he absolutely rolled Trey Birchfield. And that's Grayson. I don't know if it's Waller or Whaler and Nico Morellis. Mm -hmm. So this kid, Grayson, uh, there was a live feed that popped up. Of course, it said Trey Burstfield. I jumped into it. I don't know if it was just a local or whatever. This kid was sitting on, the, sitting in the king seat. Trey Burstfield come out of the uh, out of the losers bracket, rolled him. I mean, I think he was up sixteen zip before Trey Burstfield even scored. The kid must have missed one or two bags in the first six or seven frames. Um, yeah, so I'm interested to see what these two do. Morellis, we know is trending up and then, and then Grayson now on my radar, that kid was nasty uh, on that, on that little feed I saw this weekend. So looking for those guys. Interesting. All right. Well, we will have to see, but we are going to talk about some teams trade rumors. That's right. We can trade in teams and it's already starting. The new England woodchucks are reportedly shopping the first overall pick. Trey, what can you tell us? Yeah, so the what I can tell you insider information the um, you know, the woodchucks the, they they originally targeted a couple teams um, looking to acquire a second and third round pick closer to the to the swing of the snake right so in a snake draft you're going to get the 16th and the 17th pick right if you're the 16th person so. Um, in reality, I'm, I'm thinking that um, it's gonna it's gonna cost them to get there, but they're looking to looking to trade off that number one overall spot, possibly get to um, a late first round pick and an early second round pick there. In exchange, they want to give away the first overall pick and then some later round pick. Don't know eventually what that negotiation spot is going to be based on what I'm hearing. Um, you know, what they've offered in the past has been maybe a 10th round pick for that second option, but some teams are not willing to bite that low. So some negotiation going on behind the scenes. I know the coasters were approached and the coasters denied um, that trade request. They denied. Are not denied. Um, but the high rollers are at least considering countering. Um, and the sliders and marauders in particular have specifically reached out for, for interest. Now, I was a little bit interested to see 
the um, Georgia, the Georgia sliders reaching out, they have the fifth overall pick. So they're jumping from five to one. And I really was interested and interested to hear your thoughts on this, Anthony, for, for the sliders to go five to one, that tells me they believe that there's someone that's going to be taken off the board by the time they get to number five, that they want to make sure that they get. Um, on George's case, I'm not sure who that person would be. On the Marauders' side, the Marauders have the fourth pick, okay? And so, but the difference is Jordan Power is on the Marauders. Mm-hmm. Likely to go one or two in the draft, I think, is Jay Rubin. So right, right. It, it makes a little bit of sense to me to see the Marauders maybe want to go up a couple spots to get Jay Rubin to pair with Jordan Power because they're afraid he may go in the first three picks. I don't know. Your thoughts on the Marauders and or the uh, sliders there, Anthony? Yeah, just just trying to break this down here as you're talking about it. So Woodchucks, New England, that's going to be Jacob Trzinski, Jimmy Eumanns, Storm Hogue. That's the number one pick we're talking about trading. This has Jimmy Eumanns written all over it. That's This is the kind of, this is the way that this guy thinks. I'm pretty positive this is all Jimmy Eumanns kind of driving this uh, this trade, if you will. But if you look at that, Jimmy Humans and Storm Hogue, these, these are boys. I mean, if you, they're probably best friends, if you will, within the pro division. If you look at a pro division event, these are boys. So they kind of feel like a natural partnership to me. They play a lot together. They can play a similar bag. That leaves Jacob Trzinski there going, let's get me a partner mm-hmm. in that first round is kind of what I'm thinking. And if you look at, like you said, the first available pick, she got like a Ruben. That's not really a good fit, I think, for Jacob Trzinski. So I think that they're saying, hey, let's approach the coasters. And I'm seeing them as the last pick. So they're going to get the turn, right, Trey? They're going to get the first pick, the last pick in the first round, and then the first pick in the second round. Is that how that works? Yep. Uh, so I can see them saying, hey, there's going to be a strong carpet bagger, which is what Jacob Trzinski is going to be looking for. Probably one of these rookies, these these high-end rookies coming in and they could say hey we could just get a quick two two round pick in that late round i think that that's what their strategy is going for um michigan marauders yeah that that seems like a natural fit and probably why they would entertain that moving themselves up to number one to grab um to grab ruben uh to team up with power there that 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 makes sense to me the only thing i'm just considering like do the woodchucks feel like going down to four at michigan is not low enough, right? right? That's what I thought. Are they not getting enough value out of that between those difference in three picks, or do they sweeten it with some other picks? Right? I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if a trade comes through, and if any other teams end up trading before that draft at the end of December. Yeah. Yeah. Is this the start of a trend? Are we going to see? You know, it takes the first person, and then everyone kind of is like, "Hmm, interesting. Let me think about yeah. that." Well, let's look at the news around the league. We're actually going to look at our women's and seniors and junior standings. In women's right now, Sam Finley is in first, Lori Duell's in second, and Courtney Coy is tied with Lori Duell. For seniors, we have Damon Dennis first, Donald Cup second, and Steve Samuels. And then for juniors, we have Micah Oaks, Ryan Weir, and Chase Petrie. So those are our standings right now. Uh, quick thoughts about our, uh, our women's, senior, and junior, Trey. Yeah, two two big storylines that I'm following when it comes to seniors and women's standings for me in particular. Number one, is it Cheyenne Bubenheim and everybody else this year? 
does somebody else legitimately have a chance to upend her as the number one overall seed in women's standings? Now, she's not on the list right now because she hasn't gotten to that second open just yet. That will likely change. That is going to change going into this weekend in Virginia Beach. So the question is, can somebody else challenge her for that number one spot? And then the only other second development I'm looking for this season is where is Frank Maudlin in these senior rankings, right? First yeah. year senior. He's a rookie senior, if that makes any sense. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to see if this is Damon Dennis's to lose again this year or Frank Maudlin has a chance to knock out Damon Dennis for that number one senior spot. Right. Any follow-up thoughts, Anthony? Yeah, I'm just looking at two while you're talking. So I, 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 did, I haven't seen this yet. So for anybody else out there, go to the iPlayCornhole.com uh, website. And now under rankings, you've got women's, juniors, and seniors as their standalone categories. So Trey, does that, what, what will that entail? Will that just be, you know, locals, opens, regionals, conferences? That's going to be all of the, the open standings, if you will, for those categories? No. So this year we have women specific, senior specific, and junior specific. And if you look in the player guide, it's the women's singles events at opens, the women's singles events at nationals, um, the best of all those combination of events, as well as conferences. Um, so it's okay. a combination of the women's, uh, women's and senior events. So if you look there, I'll give you the exact breakdown of what events are counting. But the idea is at the highest level in these division specific. So a women's standings is only going to show women competing against women events. Mm-hmm. Okay. But only at the conference open national. Correct. Okay. Got you. Got you. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That'll be, it'll be interesting to, to see how many amateurs slip into the top of that list. Um, now mixed in with the pros on that. So I'm pretty excited, but any list that doesn't have Cheyenne Bubenheim at the top, I can't trust. She's 32nd. So there you go. <laughs> She's 32nd. Yeah. A little early, a little early. That's for sure. All right. Let's go into buy or sell. I'm going to uh, name off some players and you guys let me know if you buy or sell that they'll go in the first round in the ACL team's draft. First one being Jordan Camba. Trey, buy or sell. You know, I I tried to talk myself out of putting him in the first round, but if I, similar to Tyler Poitras, right? If you get someone that less than 18, less than 15 months ago was playing for a world championship in doubles and you're telling them I can have them on my team. I think I just, I think you just have to take it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy that. He's a first, first round pick. Anthony. Trey, I was doing the opposite. I was trying to talk myself in to putting them on the list. Uh, the doubles Ooh. world championship is huge. I totally get it. I just don't have much from Cambo over the last, obviously he was going through the suspension last year. Not in the pro division, but he was in the open division. He was competing. We didn't get much. For, I didn't see a, you know, a, a, a first round draft worthy pick in Canva in, in the amateur series either. So I'm struggling to get him in the top. I'm going to sell it. I'm going to sell it. He's going to go second round. All right. How about Jimmy McGuffin? Buy or sell trade? This is another one that I think is tough, but I think he's too consistent and, um, if the Kentucky Colonels don't take Brett Guy, I think they got they're going to end up taking Jimmy McGuffin. They've shown that Kentucky yeah. last year in the draft, Damon Dennis, who is going to be also a captain this year or a, or a member of the team this year, 
was very in favor of taking people from Kentucky, right? Mm -hmm. So I think a similar trend is going to prevail here. I think Jimmy McGuffin, who was a captain last year, gets taken first round again. I'll buy. Anthony? Yeah, um, man, not only is he first round worthy, but you mentioned the Kentucky Colonels. Do they go Brett Guy? Do they grab Jimmy McGuffin, whose who's committed pro partner is Damon Dennis, one of the captains? Um, or is Matt Guy saying, hey, let me get Brett? I mean, I think you go Dame, or you go Jimmy McGuffin over Brett Guy um, in a singles format, but in a doubles format, like you mentioned last week, Trey, that gives Brett Guy a lot of, uh, a lot of credibility when you're talking doubles in a 10 round limited format. So, Hey, I still think he goes first round, whether it's, um, whether it's the Kentucky Colonel Colonel's picking him up or he goes a couple, a couple picks later, Jimmy McGuff, I'm going to buy that first round. But Frank Maudlin by herself. This one's, I think this was the toughest one yet. I'm going to buy it. I'm buying three in a row, which is unlike me, but I, I will buy it. I think he's late first round, but I think there's way too much upside on Frank Maudlin, especially in a round-limited format. He has shown time and time again that he delivers in those type of environments. I just – it's like one of those things where I just don't see a team getting at the 16th pick and going, Frank Maudlin's available. No thanks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anthony. I'm going to buy as well. Not only is he a first round talent, but I think he's really smart in the round limited formats. Like you were saying, Trey, I think he knows when to go for the points and when to back off and just put one on the board when it's necessary. I think his IQ works really well for that format. I'm going to buy that. He's a, uh, he's a first round pick. I think I'd like someone named find a way Frank on my team. All <laughs> right. How about Derek King by herself? So Derek King top wow. 10 in doubles this past season, right? With Devin Harbaugh in a doubles format, Derek King has shown he is one of the best players in the world. Unfortunately, I think among the players and among the drafters, I think there's going to be some hesitation to draft him for a variety of reasons. I am going to sell it. He may have a first round talent, but I don't think he gets drafted in the first round. So Anthony. Man, Trey took the words right out of my mouth. Everything he said is exactly how I'm feeling. And just the the large, just, the, just this huge discrepancy between his singles and his doubles performances is the hesitation I think that the player or the captains are going to get. So I'm going to sell as well, not going in the first round. All right, last one, Jacob Foreman. What do we think? This is another tough one because another top 10 in doubles player that yeah. when you think about their singles and doubles performances – I think yet again, there's this hesitation. Now, the Pennsylvania Ringers, who Matthew Cree Killer is on, they have the 16, 15, 14. They have the 13th pick overall in the draft. There is a chance they go and steal Matthew, uh, Matthew Cree Killer's partner, Jacob Foreman, there at that 13th spot. But I think it's a little bit of a reach if they do that. I think they'll play a little bit more conservative. Uh, I think they may be able to get him on the backswing in the second round. I think he's a second round pick. Anthony. Yeah. I think the question here is, is which dirty bag carpet style role players are going to go first. Jacob or Foreman is definitely in that, in that pool. Right. But you've got a Beamer who, again, no one's really talking about, but he's top, uh, top on the list in the best available picks. Ryan Smith out there. Weedenfield now a rookie. Do you pick Weedenfield before Foreman? 
Do you pick Burton Jr. before Foreman? Do you pick a Fisher Hamilton before Foreman? You could say the same thing about Cano and Costanza. So there's a high supply of carpet players, but the demand is what I just don't know. What's the demand going to be like from the captains? I'm really hard on the fence on this one. I think I'm going to go with Trey uh, on this one as well. I'm going to sell that he's uh, he's a, he's an early pickup in the second round. All right. All right, we're going to get into some doubles power rankings. So we did uh, power rankings before the first open, and we talked about singles, and now we're going to go into doubles. So, Trey, you're up first. Yeah, uh, we were joking about this before we started recording this because this is a mess. This was horrible to do. <laughs> this was painful to do. Like, no doubt. Uh, we did singles last week. That was so much easier. Singles was so much easier than doubles. I made a joke with Anthony that I, on my sheet of paper, I have a line under number four that literally says anything from five through 14, you could just throw in a hat and draw. Like literally I have nine teams right there. Um, or I guess 10 teams that could literally be any combination. Um, but I, I tried my best. Number one, I got Lopez and Richards team of the year last year. They already won an open. I know they changed bags, but they've already won an open after changing bags. That Whoa. earns enough respect. Number one. Did I hear that right? Number one, Richards Number Lopez. One. Okay. Richards Lopez. Let's not, Number let's one. not glaze over that. Yep. Number one, Richards Lopez. They, um, uh, right now that they're playing that way, they, they had to prove something to me. I was worried that they couldn't come through it. Um, power rankings for me are not a predictive tool right now. They've earned number one and they get to keep number one. Number two, Graham and guy. Um, Similar reasons. They're number they're number two for last season. They were the second best team all year long, in my opinion. And uh, and they followed it up with Jamie Graham being really, really good. They're gonna play again this 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 weekend, Graham and Guy too. Number three, power and Ruben. I could have easily switched them with number four, which is gonna be Alex Rawls and Trey Birchfield, but I have Jordan Power and Jay Ruben at three. They won a world championship. I'm seeing flashes of them being really, really good still. Um, but in the end, I think being a world champion is means a lot. They're going to deliver when it matters most. Not as worried about them. They, they seem to me a team that doesn't get up very well for the tournaments that don't matter, right? A team that if you do a regional tournament, they may not win. But you put them in a world championship, you put them in a national, they always seem to deliver and come to play. So for that, I got them at four. I mean, three with Rawls and Birchfield at four. Here's where it gets crazy. I don't know where to go from here. Yeah. I have Hicks and Windsor at number five. Hicks is worrying me. And Anthony, I know, feels a similar way about Alex Hicks right now. I do not like what I'm seeing from Alex Hicks at open levels. But what I'm not liking from Hicks, I'm liking in Windsor. Okay, yeah. so right now they flipped a little bit. So I'm keeping them there. I think Devin Harbaugh is one of the best players in the world right now. I have Harbaugh and King at six. Yes, Harbaugh and King at six, which is just crazy Bonk, in my mind, right? Because uh, I'm I, you'll never know what you're going to get from Derek King, but I'm that high on Devin Harbaugh right now. Number seven, I have the Hollins, and I don't like it. Like, I want to put them I, – I, I tried everything I could to put them at 11, to put them at 12. 
And I could not do it, Anthony. I could not take Derek and Josh Holland out of the top 10. I couldn't do it. Number eight, this is where I get, this is where I threw in someone that wasn't, it was kind of out of left field. I have an all rookie team, Fisher Hamilton and Gavin Cano at number eight. I think based on what I've seen so far, they are going to be the real flipping deal. Okay. They are going to be really good this season. Number nine, this is another one of those teams. I wanted to take them out, but I mm-hmm. couldn't do it. Eric Zockline and Tanner Halbert at nine. I just I I, I just have a feeling that it they're gonna be better. And I feel like nine right now is almost like the reason they're so low is because they haven't played. But I think Eric Zockline is just gonna be better this year. And if he's better and Tanner Halbert's the same, this is another top five team. Finally, I have Jimmy Humans and Kyle Malone at 10. Yes. Kyle Malone is having a heck of a start to the season. He's one, arguably, if not the, one of the best doubles partners of all time. Okay. And Kyle Malone playing with a Jimmy Humans, this analytical player, throwing Reynolds, which is his preferred bag over the years. I don't know. I, I just like what I've seen so far. I left off Guy and Davis, Clemmer and Almanza. Grindersleeve and Batson, they're a team that's forgotten about. They deserve yeah. to be top 10, and I couldn't find a spot for them. Jacob Trzinski and Tony Smith aren't in my top 10, and I want to put my head through that wall because I just, <laughs> I'm an idiot for doing that. Like, there's, there's no way they're not a top 10 team. Um, Jeremy Shermerhorn and Joe Neistat. Jeremy Shermerhorn is outrageous right now. They should be a top 10 team. Ryan Smith and Ryan Wiedenfeld should be a top 10 team. So this is – this is a terrible list, and I know it is, but I, I, don't, I don't know how else. I don't. I don't know how else to construct it. I totally get it, Anthony. All right. Well, if your list is terrible, mine is too. We talked about our list. We're probably going to go opposite. We actually share seven of the top oh. ten, and then every single player that you were mad or team that you were mad you didn't put in the top ten, I did. So I covered you on those. Um, <laughs> so we're really, really close. Uh, but I agree completely. You get past four, and it's like. Man, the next 15 teams could easily shuffle into this top 10. Uh, our one, two, the same, but swap a little bit. So I'm still sticking with Guy Graham is one, Richards, Lopez, two. Coin flip. I agree completely. One, two, mm-hmm. one, two. You could flip those around, uh, however. My number three is your number four, Alex Rawls and Trey Birchfield. I'm struggling keeping them at number three because of Trey Birchfield. I know what we're going to get. I feel like I know what we're going to get from Alex Rawls. I just don't know where Trey Birchfield is right now. Still an elite level player, but he is he a top three doubles player in the world um, is really going to be determined on him. My number four is your number five. We're really close on that one. It's to the Hicks-Windsor discussion and sitting at four right now because of Ryan Windsor. You you said it perfectly. I don't need to reset, re-say what you said, but I have them at four, and I'm really struggling to keep them there. Realistically, if I were to do this a couple more times, I could convince myself to move them down a little bit. Also have Jay Rubin and Jordan Power in my uh, top 10. You had them at three. I've got them at five. You can't, like you said, you can't deny the world championship, the run they had there at the end and what they have coming into this season. So let's see if they can hold their top 10. We both squeeze this new team into the top 10. My six, your eight, Fisher Hamilton and Gavin Cano, uh, just adding them to the top 10. So wow, you went six. That yes, was, I, went I thought six I was bold. One. I love yeah. that. I love that. 
That was that was a bold one for sure. Um, you said you wanted Tony Smith and Jacob Trzinski in there, and you're going to smash your head against the wall for not having him in there. I've got them at number seven. Obviously going to come down to Trzinski. What is Trzinski going to bring to that partnership this year? I know Tony Smith is going to be strong in that, and I think Jacob Trzinski can bring enough to keep them in the top ten. Ryan's. Smith and Weedenfield did make my top 10. You wanted to put them in there. They're my eight. Uh, we share number nine identically, Eric Zockline and Tanner Halbert. And my number 10, I dropped the Hollands out. I just don't know. I just not liking what I'm getting for, from Josh Holland right now. I feel like just statistically and finish wise, he should be way higher, um, especially getting this close to the Myrtle Beach, firing things off with the shootouts, going into the pro, the pro season at the beginning of next year. I went with number 10, Joe Neistead and Jeremy Shermerhorn cracking the top 10. Trey, what do you think, man? I love it. I want, like I said, I wanted to, I wanted to fit him in there. Probably our biggest difference is, and I know why it's a big difference. I'm buying Harbaugh and King right yes. now, and you are selling Harbaugh and King, right? I got him at six, and uh, I understand your hesitation. Don't know what you're going to get out of King this year. My only, my only logic for that one is just we did the same thing last year and they finished a top 10 team. We had the same reservation. I would say even more reservation about mm -hmm. King last year in comparison to this year, but it is what it is. I just, I just think, uh, uh, Anthony, you and I have the exact same top five. Oh, okay. Which is kind of weird. That's awesome. <laughs> Who do you have six, seven, eight, nine, ten? Real quick, Michelle. Uh, Guy Graham, Richards Lopez, Birchfield Rawls, Windsor Hicks, Ruben Powers, Smith Krasinski, Halbert Zockline, Harbaugh King, Holland Holland. Well, you're buying on Harbaugh King, too. Uh, okay. Uh, I put Wooten Thorne in there. I put Hamilton, Kano, and Maudlin Camper right after. Ooh, she had – I like that. Wooten Thorne in there. Yes, Ooh, they moved up. They're they're my 13. And I love okay. your humans, Malone, Trey. I have it. I had them at 19 to start the season. They're now my 12. So they're, they're moving right in close to that top 10 as well. Well, we barely have enough time for your game tray. Can you go like a speed round? Speed round? Yep, I got two. Real fast. All right, okay. number one. Number one. Uh, this person 27th all time with three titles. Okay. Three titles. <laughs> Doesn't help. Um, the split is two singles and one doubles. Okay. The one doubles title is not with their pro partner. Okay. Oh, it's a shootout or something. Um, their partner this season, this this season, was not their partner. Oh, sorry, their partner this season was not a pro last season. Oh, strong okay. in singles, won a double, rookie pro partner this year. Have we already uh, said Ryan Smith? No, he has to be higher up. It's not. And then this person is second all time in titles for a female. Oh. Oh. Okay, different pro partner. Juan and Kaylee Hunter two. has the Kaylee, Kaylee Hunter. Hunter. Yes, yeah. she's got. Yeah, I, I didn't say their partner was a rookie. I said it was their yeah. first year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Last year. That's all right, last one, real quick. This person also twenty seventh all time with three titles. All three titles in doubles. Okay. They have a new partner this season. Dang, did not Derek King then. They've had four All this their fourth year as an ACL pro. Uh, hey, what a, oh no, we already did him. Well, we we're just talking about Kyle Malone. How about Kyle Malone? 
Wow. Oh, got, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Anthony. Oh, my gosh. Anthony Mike dropped. This game. <laughs> He's gotten so good. All right. I think cool. it helped that we were just talking about him. I know. Time. I know. My next <laughs> guess was going to be that this person was in my top 10 power rankings. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. All right, Trey, let's hear your hot take. Hot take. Hot take, hot take, hot take. Um, I am going to go – I am continuing to – I don't know what it is about Alec Ryan, but I'm going to keep doing it. Peyton <laughs> Allen and Alec Ryan are in the finals of doubles this weekend in Virginia Beach. Anthony, you alluded hey, my, to yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my uh, my hot take came straight from a pro. He convinced me that I need – he didn't ask me to, but it convinced me. <laughs> he said, we took third last year in this event, in this in this Open. Uh, he said, we're going to win in, in, in Myrtle Beach or in, uh, Virginia beach, bet it Trevor Brooks and Berkeley pair <laughs> to said, win it, it this weekend. Bet it. That is a hot, hot to tell me that's yeah. not a hot. Cause Trey I told him that too. Uh, that's crazy. You didn't even take okay. Ryan and, and, uh, Alan to win it all. You just said in no, the final. No, the fi- no, I, I ain't saying no. <laughs> Anthony yeah, wins re- the hot, uh, hotness of the takes hot, today. Yeah. That's yeah, my response to Trevor guy. would be, that's one hell of a take, man. <laughs> so there it is. There's my hot take. I don't think mine's very surprising. I'm going to take Eric Davis. Fisher- <laughs> I know. Oh, shocking. my gosh. Surprise. <laughs> to win it all. Let's go, boys. All right. That's all we got time for today. Enjoy the cornhole this weekend in Virginia Beach, and we'll see you all next time.